glad that we can be safe in his arm. No matter what's going on around us, we can find safety in the Savior's arms. God, we do thank you today for the safety that you provide, for the protection that you provide. And we also thank you for the word that you have provided, O oh God, that it may do the body of the Lord some good, that people may be growing in spirit and in truth and knowing you, God. And we thank you that the words that we provide may be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, because you are our strength and you are our redeemer. And so, God, we give your name praise this morning for each and every blessing that you have sent our way. Grant us to be able to preach the word as you have given it to us, such that it may be edifying and glorifying, and that we may know that we know that we know that you still are an awesome God, and that you rule and super rule. In Jesus' name I do pray, and we all say, Amen, Amen. You've heard the reading of the scripture, and so I have the first part of this sermon I'd just like to, to say to all of you out there, I hope this does us all some good. Uh, you see, because God uh, told us to, to uh, provide this word, and, and uh, uh, he also said, go in and, and find a little history. So let me tell you something. In 1792, the U.S. authorized using it. Uh, in 1918, I'm sorry, 1862, the 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln, issued it. He did more than this Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, and in 1869 and in 1886, respectively, George and Martha Washington made appearances on it. Then we fast forward to 1973, and the OJs were singing about it, and loud and clear on the airwaves. And then in 2020, this year, we are still waiting for two African-American women, because they were trying to make sure that it would do women, and also uh, they happen to be African-American. Harriet Tubman and Marion Anderson we're waiting still for them to make their appearances on it. And the funny thing about it is, Pastor I, mm -hmm. the fact that once it was introduced, people used it either for good, godly purposes, or it was used for dastardly, evil, and ungodly purposes. I hope somebody is hearing me out there because... That has not changed. Uh, depending on what side of the coin you are on, you can tell where it was most popular. It gained popularity in the areas of life where people's value systems could be exploited in negative ways. And, of course, it could be exploited for positive gain as well. I know you all are getting it somehow. It is well-traveled uh, uh, 
and, and in fact, in its lowest denomination, it is well known throughout the church, writ large, meaning at large or the church universal, because people in the church readily provide it, lowest denominations first, rather than get up off that thing. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, those wives of what you have that you're holding on to. I hope you church folk out there are following me. Perhaps uh, because of all the franticism, which is nervous and disoriented, anxiety-driven activity surrounding it, perhaps because of the fanaticism, which is the extremism regarding it, or where people are losing it over it. Somebody going to get that one. Stealing it and, and, and the like. I, I know you already got that one already. And perhaps because of the fragmentism, which is breaking up of relationships and, and business or personal means, uh, I, I, I believe, and, and, and I'm, I'm thinking that Pastor I believes, and maybe you believe, is why in 1955, the U.S. Congress decided to hear from a lot of the evangelicals of the day and adopt the national motto, in God we trust, and they printed it on it. They printed it. Now, what is it? You didn't say it, Pastor. Well, let me let me let me let me come on out with it, Pastor. I and, and I'm talking about M O N E Y. Oh. Dollar bills, y'all. Legal tender because perhaps it's legal and it's tender. I, I know somebody gonna get that one too. Uh, uh, or it's currency because many of us uh, like to use it. At the current moment, I hear you talking to yourself right now. Uh, I know there's some witnesses out there. You're, you're doing it at the current moment. I, I, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. So like we did some years ago, I want you to uh, think about your old sermon that we did years ago. And I asked you to pull out any bill or coin that you might have. And please look at the back of it. Look at the back of it. Pull it out if you got, got one. Pull it out now. I got mine right here. Look at the back. And what does it say? Does it not say, in God we trust? Here, well, let me show you the back of mine, so make sure you see it. In God we trust. Pull your money out. It's on your coins. It's on your quarters. It's on, on everything you got. In God we trust. And thus you have the series that we're talking to you from. Trusting God when money is tight. You see, I put that money right back in my pocket because I still need it. You need your <laughs> too, so make sure you're saving it or whatever you're doing with it, but uh, uh, don't lose it if you can help it. Trusting God mm -hmm. when money is tight. If you need an alternative topic, look at your money again and say, it's only money. It's on the money. You see, the Apostle Paul tells us in our scripture lesson in verse 7, For we brought nothing into this world. 
We came here naked as a jaybird, if you will, and it's certain that we will not carry anything out. No millions, no hundreds, no quarters, no dimes, nothing when we leave here. And let me tell you something, uh, I can bet you your bottom dollars that you will leave here one day. In fact, right. it is a foregone conclusion that we all going to leave here one day. And I hope there's at least one amen out there because if you don't believe, just keep on living and let's see what happens long term. Uh, and if we are falling into for the temptations that bring money will bring, the Bible says, and I don't know about you, but in full transparency, uh, let me let me just get this out. I made some mistakes with money before. If you were like me, hopefully you're raising your hand. In, and even if I can't see you, I hope you are, 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 are high-fiving yourself, patting yourself, and saying, yeah, that was me, that was me, that was me. And when we pursue it more than we pursue God, we want you to know that we will fall into foolishness and harmful lusts which drown men and women into destruction. Or as the Message Bible says, it brings trouble and nothing but trouble. I don't know about you, but I've had some trouble every now and then in money. I don't think there's anybody that I know who hasn't had a little bit of trouble, but but maybe you, you have, but, but let me just tell you what the word says. Because we're going down that path, some lose their footing mm -hmm. in the faith. You lose your, your footing with God completely and you live to regret it bitterly. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, sometimes, sometimes. So, 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 pastors, brown and brown, if money is evil, then what should I do with it? My bills are due. I need a new car. I have got to have what I have got to have. Mm -hmm. Well, well, let me tell you something. First of all, please note that God does not say in his word that money is evil. I want you to hear me. God doesn't say that. God does not say money is evil. In fact, he says the love of money. Did you hear me? The love of money is the root of all evil. We got to have money in this society and in this world. Otherwise, we won't be able to eat anything in this world. We won't be able to live. We won't be able to survive. So the love of money is the root of all evil. So I hope you heard me. And God, who is the Bible, says in his inerrant word that he does not say that we have, can't have money or that we should not have money. Mm -hmm. He's saying that we can have money, but the love of it is evil. In fact, if you were to look at Abraham and David and Solomon, they had unusual wealth. And it was given to them by who? God himself. Amen, somebody, because God gives what he wants people to have. I don't know about you, but I appreciate when the Heavenly Father showers me with some extra gifts every now and then. 
But the problem descends on us when we worship it, when we hold on to it. Fits so tight we can't get nothing in or out. When we praise it, when we high five it, and, and when we love it better than we love God, that's when we have a problem. Oh, oh I know you won't be able to give me many amens or, 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 and agree with me on that, but I'm going to preach it anyway because we got this money thing so mixed up. My God. So what do we what do we do? What should Christians do to address it while we're in tough times? Mm. Well, we are bringing back Financial Fridays class starting this this Friday. I believe that God is mandating that we understand money His way, regardless of the mistakes we make regarding it. My mistakes, your mistakes. Everybody's mistake. And yes, I did say everybody. Everybody's mistakes. By the way, let me give you a commercial break again. I reiterate that it will be on Zoom this Friday from 7 to 8.30 and then the following Friday. And the flyer with the instructions is going to come out early this week. Okay, end of commercial break. So we're bringing back Financial Fridays in the name of Jesus. That's important. Because the world's system is different from God's system. And we're doing it because even in the mistakes that we have made in our finance, talking about me and Pastor I now, even when I listen to the wrong person for financial advice, uh, and even in the midst of things that happen beyond our control, like Pastor I losing her income some years ago, we are still bound to love God better than money. Did you hear me? We are still bound to love God better than money. We must trust God in our financial dealings, even when times are tight or circumstances are tough. I hope you heard me out there. I hope those of you who are listening heard me. We still have to trust God in our financial dealings, even when times are tight and circumstances are tough. I know that we all need to be educated. Y'all indulge me, please. You know what educated is. We've got to be educated on God's way. So I thank you for indulging me. So the point is, that all this means being content in God. Whatever your circumstances are, and, and that you're standing on the word, and you're saying yes to his will, regardless of what it looks like. Regardless of what it looks like. Regardless of what it feels like. Regardless of what it feels like. You just stand on the word of God. Even when there's nothing left to do, you just stand. You just stand. So even when things are tight and we don't have much money, don't have much credit, don't have much empathy for others, or sympathy either for that matter, or we just don't, and you fill in the blank, we must Trust God, particularly in our money. So our title today 
trusting God with your money when times are tight. Trusting God with your money when times are tight. Come on, Pastor. Bless the name of God and as we look at trusting God, there's a place where we need to highlight our first point here, and that is we need to become a good steward, not a poor steward. Amen, amen. You see, in this first letter, the apostle Paul wrote out to young Timothy, who was an up-and-coming uh, preacher, it was his protege, uh, uh, he, he talked him, to him and he taught him how to become a faithful disciple of Christ, uh, uh, teaching others in the faith uh, to do and to be like Paul was in the church. Uh, you see, Paul had discovered at the time that there was something called heresy that was going around in Christian circles. Uh, in case you are wondering, heresy really equates to that false teaching and those untrue exhortations that have a way of seeping in and creeping into the thoughts uh, which become the actions of the people on which it falls upon. And those uh, heresies had a way of rotting away at the church. And so thus Paul, as he is writing to Timothy, he gave him instructions for the church at Ephesus. You see, those false teachers were really running rampant. You know, in other words, they looked like they were taking over. Uh -huh. They pushed the good preacher out the way, and they stood up and began to espouse their upside-down doctrines. They were proud and they were all arrogant, contentious, and most importantly, my brothers and sisters, they were greedy. Yeah, yeah, you see, yeah. if you want to relate what was happening then to uh, 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 today's world, we could call them kind of the name it and claim it crew. Uh -huh. uh -huh. uh -huh. Yeah, you heard of them. Um, you see, you might hear something like uh, 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 drop $30 in the basket um, for 30 days uh, and so you can get you back uh, $900. Uh -huh. That's how they will teach you. Uh, and, and by the way, can, I, can we put a sidebar here. If you save $30 a day for 30 days, you still come up with $900. Help me somebody. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, sometimes you got to outsmart uh, some of those people who are trying to outsmart you. Uh, you see, the focal point, the focal point, uh, and what these people are doing uh, is they're putting money as the point uh, that we ought to look at and to focus on. In other words, uh, the money becomes the highlight of the service. Oh God. And as a result, the saving power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gets pushed to the background or it gets left out completely. So when people leave the place, they really don't get what they came there to get if they leave without salvation intact. Oh, somebody needs to hear me this morning. You see, the notion, the notion.
salvation has become living abundantly, has become attached to materialism yeah. instead of living abundantly because that's what Christ came yeah. to do for us. Yeah. If yeah. you don't believe me, why don't you turn in your Bible to John 10 and 10 where it plainly says that the thief comes only, yeah. or yeah. some translations say the thief comes but to steal, to kill and destroy. Yeah. Yeah. But I came yeah. that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Yes. Oh God, that's the word of God for the people of God. And we say thanks be to God. Yes. You, see, you see, as we examine greed and reiterate our first point, we find here in the text uh, is that it what it tells us to do? Uh, first of all, it tells us, uh, and I'm going to reiterate this same point, y'all. Uh, I'm not stuttering, I'm not stammering, uh, I'm not even mixed up. But I need to tell you, uh, we must become good stewards uh, over that what we have. Uh, I, I hate to tell some of you, I, I know it's going to burst your bubble. Uh, you're probably going to turn us off of Facebook. Uh, 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 you'll take us off your phone. But i got to tell somebody uh, that the stuff we have uh, is only alone. Yeah. It's temporary. Yeah. Uh, anything that is not uh, eternal uh, yeah. will come. Uh, it will fade it away. Yeah. One day it's going to be gone. It won't even be yours. Somebody else will do something else with it. Hallelujah to Jesus. I hope you heard me this morning on that note. Somebody better give your neighbor high five in your house. If somebody is sitting with you, you let them know the preacher said that this stuff is only going to last for a little while. Somebody needs to get that in their hearts and spirits this morning, Pastor Keith. You see, you see, you see, Paul, Paul, our, our wonderful teacher, Paul, our, our, our serial killer turned Saint Paul, we, we, we know that he told Timothy that, that people who teach a gospel that promotes acting like and being hogs about money is a very unhealthy and unbalanced view. As a matter of fact, they even say it's unbiblical. Am I right about yeah, it? Right. Uh, it's an unbiblical view that will hinder us from being or becoming good stewards of what God has given us. You see, their actions will result in envy and in strife and malicious talk and constant corruption. We see it all the time. I'm telling you, that's what it will lead you to. Can I just say this? That money has started a mini fight. Oh, yes, it has. It causes people to be sneaky and deceitful. And many a relationship is no longer because money came between you and her, or him and him, or they and us. Money has a way of destroying the very fabric of our being. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Those preachers, those preachers and those teachers back in the day, 
They would rob people of the truth because what they were saying is that they believed that godliness made that equated with making money. That's all it was about. If you take the money out the picture, then they didn't want anything to do with it. You see, a good store, a good store, trying to help somebody be a good store, then is a good manager over what God has given them. A good manager of God's affair will pay attention to what God says and then line up, put into action his instructions to place him first and foremost in our lives. In our lives. So no, so no matter, I'm going to sound like I'm repeating Pastor Keith, but no matter how bad your outside looks, you must be content in your stewardship. If you are going to take God at his word, if you are going to trust him and be content in him. I, I, I know, I know, I know you all are sitting there and you're saying, Pastor Brown and Brown, what in the world are you all over there doing? You, you're saying to yourselves, they must be over there smoking bubble gum. They must be off there after today. I don't know what you are thinking, but can I just go on just a little bit more? Indulge me for a minute. But what does being a good steward really mean for my money situation. Now, you see, first of all, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you because I'm going to teach you that stewardship is not just about money. Can we get that out in the open? But it's about every piece of life that we have. It's about our time. It's about our talents. It's about our treasure and our temples. Come on, exercise. It's about our relationships and more. But since, but since, but since we decided to park our Somali sedan beside money this morning, can we break it down just a little bit for you? You see, when God gives you a job, I said when God, not when you found a job, not when a job landed on you, hallelujah, but when God gives you a job, that job provides an income for you so you can handle all of your business in this physical work. Uh, we, we, we know, we know, we know that that job uh, it gives you an income, but I need to put a pin right there because I need somebody to find the Psalm 24 in one where the psalmist writes that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The Uh -huh. Wrong. 
the book. Uh, I, I, I just want to, I'm just saying. Uh, will a man rob God? Uh, and before you get a rebuttal, uh, Malachi says, uh, yes, uh, you robbed me. Uh, and tithes uh, and offerings. You don't believe me? You find that in Malachi 3 and 8. Uh, you see, uh, God uh, God wanted to teach uh, the Israelites to honor him uh, by giving him what came in uh, off the very top. Uh, you see, back then there was an agricultural society. Uh, and so whatever came in and cattle and goats and sheep uh, and, and grain yeah. and, and, and whatever else they grew from the earth uh, that was their their reasonable service uh, that they would give their first fruits unto the Lord uh, yeah. and so that's when met uh, that's how they got that 10 percent uh, or that tithe that we called it uh, plus an offering uh, so is that uh, plus this uh, Hallelujah to Jesus. Oh, I know I'm losing some of you already. But 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 the point was, no matter what came in, yeah. how much or how little, the standard was set as to how much to give back unto the Lord. Yeah. This was God's way. Somebody hear me now. If you're taking notes, I need you to write this down. That this is God's way of setting the foundation of worshiping him yeah, through our giving. Oh, God. Oh, I told you all this morning. I felt like the preacher was coming in early in the service. Everything, everything that God considers critical to the kingdom, he lays down a foundation for. Oh, I know I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Oh, God, I know somebody is hearing me. They said, oh, why don't she sit down and shut up? Oh, God, you know, sometimes we don't want to hear what's good for us to hear. But it's all good. It's all good. You see, as we are good stewards, ah, those of us who love and who follow the risen Christ, we're going to remember this, that in 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians, 9, 6 through 8, there's some words that still stand today that said those who so sparingly, yeah. hallelujah, they're going to reap sparingly because guess what? You're going to reap what you sow. Oh God, I know, I know, I know that's not popular preaching in the 21st century. 2020 is here and almost gone. And they still talking that stuff. Well, we're going to keep talking the stuff because that's what the book teaches us to teach. And so the word says that each of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart, not reluctantly. You know, no, don't do the hold on to it and hide and seek and, and dig if you can kind of stuff or under compulsion. That means don't even let the preacher come and try to hammer it over your head to get it out of your hand. But I'm talking to people who love God enough and trust God enough uh, that you be a cheerful giver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord, have mercy. Uh, you see, we get cheerful in all other kinds of stuff. Yeah. But why, Pastor Keith, can't we 
we are giving unto the Lord. Oh, notice, notice, notice here that we are free to move. We are free to move. The New Testament teaches us that we are free to move beyond the prescribed formula. Hallelujah. But we got to love. We got to move out of love. And we got to move out of trust. Even when your money is tight. Because Psalms 24 and 1 says that the earth is the Lord. And the fullness thereof. Hallelujah. Everything. Everything already belongs to our Father. So guess what? Guess what? We're going to teach you. We're going to teach you to come before his presence and give without the hemming and the hawing. Oh, we don't want to have to chase you around the church. Hallelujah. We don't want to sit you down and tie you to the chair until you decide that it's all right to give. We don't come at you like that. But we want you to come freely because your love for God has placed you in a posture where you understand that it's already his, that you're giving back to him. Oh God, I want to teach that thing this morning. You see, we want you to give without procrastination. Without asking God, why me, God? Why did you say we had to give of our first fruits? All all I'm going to say is like this. All I'm going to tell you is you do what he says and watch God begin to work. Oh, he will, he will, as uh, Malachi says, that he will open up the windows of heaven. And somebody, mm-hmm. well, we need to teach about the windows, Dr. Yeah, Brown. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Or they, the window of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Mm-hmm. And there shall be, hallelujah, things that will come your way that you won't even be able to uh, imagine. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Keith has already talked a little bit about how life became a little more difficult when I when I suffered my job loss now it's been 11 years bless God hallelujah it was just one of those things life comes at you like that sometime but 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 we want you to know that even in that that whatever we had whatever came our way we never stopped giving hallelujah we gave um, as it was given unto us, uh, and we gave on top of that. Uh, oh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, why? Because we we trusted God uh, in the process, uh, and we knew that there was something that he was up to. Uh, oh, every now and then, you all, that life will test us. Uh, oh, come on, somebody, somebody, somebody out there, raise your hand. God yes. yeah. will place you in a yes, position where yes, he, he will test to see if you're going to do as his word has commanded us to do. And so we, we never we never stop giving. And can we just say we, we gave off the whole, or, or, or some people may call it the gross, as to whatever came in. Hallelujah. That was before the, the unexpected stuff hit the, hit the household. That was before the deduction we gave to God's first. Hallelujah. Maybe we didn't have all that we used to have, but God made a way for us to still stand and to be good stewards and be obedient 
to him with our sacrifices uh, of what we got first and not what was left. Come on, Pastor Keith. I'm done. I'm done. So let me just continue to be transparent just a little while longer uh, because at the same time we were watching my, my, I say my real estate investment business go into the toilet, losing millions of dollars, and I do mean millions. Homes were there that uh, had we, but we were getting no income from the rentals. Some rented, but due to the economy and how it affected them, uh, they couldn't pay us. So obviously we couldn't pay the mortgage companies. And some who were there in the rentals and wouldn't pay had to chase them down, had to get checks that bounced, all kinds of crazy things that we felt. And we had less income now on our regular job because now Pastor I didn't even have an income. But God. Did you hear me? But God. He still provided. He still kept us. And He never left us. He still blessed us still. And even now we are still suffering some consequences past mistakes and past issues and past consequences forced on us. But we don't look like the hell we've been through. I want you to know that. We don't look like what we've been through. We had some sleepless nights. We had some calling on God all night long. We had the prayers all day long. And then we had to deal with the negative phone calls and the issues that kept coming and coming and coming. We don't look like it because we still trusted God and we trusted God some more, even more, when money was tight. So, I have a quick story I just want to tell you and we will come back next week. Because here, here's the deal. Not everything, nothing that we think we own now in this world. Nothing that you work for. Nothing that you and your boo put together to get. <laughs> nothing that you have built up in the bank, nothing that's sitting on your credit card, nothing that you think you own down here is going with you when you leave this earth. And leave, we all will. We've already told you that. I hope you heard me. But here's a story. Man had a dream. And he had dreamed that he, you know, as a miner, he had struck gold. 
his gold nuggets with him everywhere he went. Mm -hmm. One day he he died. Uh oh. Uh, he by a fluke was allowed to go up to heaven carrying his bags of nuggets mm -hmm. of gold mm -hmm. on up to heaven with him. Alright. When he arrived, St. Peter and the other angels asked him, why was he carrying asphalt up to heaven? He said, this ain't no asphalt. I don't know what you're talking about getting all loud and ugly. You know how sometimes we can get even in, in, in the face of when we should be respectful. This ain't no asphalt. So he said, it's gold, it's gold, it's gold. Can't you see it's gold? To which the angel replied, well, on earth, you called it gold. And it, it is, I'll admit, it's a precious metal down there. But up here, we use it to pave the streets. So the message to you today is, this earthly stuff is merely earthly stuff. And it doesn't really have any real value. So God is saying to us, manage it well. Manage it well. Steward it well. I've given it so that you might have life while you're down there. And you might have it more abundantly. But don't get it twisted. I own everything. And this is, is, is the reason why I allow you to manage it. So don't get it twisted. So we're going to come back next week and give you some more on trusting God with your money when times are tight. And the people of God that were listening, the phone line, and those who are on Facebook Live, I hope you're saying, Amen.